0: Now before we get into this interview, I just want to share with you a few words from our sponsor, DesignCrowd. If you haven't heard of DesignCrowd, they're an amazing online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, outsource their logos, their web designs with access to over 472,000 designers around the world. And the cool thing is that within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you receive 50 to 100 plus designs from designers around the world so you have the best chance to pick that perfect design for you. You know, I love this option. I use it in my business ventures and projects because it saves me on a few major things in life such as time and headache of going back and forth with designers. I don't know if you've had that struggle before, but I have. It's also affordable. It's scalable without you even needing an in-house design team, which I love, right? It's it's that flexibility of just going to it whenever you need. So the good folks at DesignCrowd are kind enough to offer you, as an exclusive Addicted to Success listener, the VIP Custom Design Upgrade Pack, which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, business cards, websites, flyers, and emails. So head over to designcrowd.com slash success and the promo code is SUCCESS, SUCCESS, Okay, now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown. And today I have the beautiful, the one and only Jenna Phillips-Ballard. Jenna is the co-founder of Ascension Leadership Academy, and is the founder of I Am, which we're gonna get into, I think is an amazing brand. And also she's a life coach and inspirational speaker. And I've actually had the opportunity to uh, share the stage with Jenna uh, before. And she has such an amazing story of turning her pain into power and really flipping adversity on its head and living in the possibility of just having such an amazing life. And uh, Jenna, you know, whenever I meet you in person, you're just like, you're such a positive and optimistic person to be around. And I just love your energy. So thank you so much for bringing that energy to the uh, Addicted to Success audience today.
1: Oh, thank you for that. I mean, just to be here. It's just such a, it's an awesome experience. So thank you for having me. And I'm just really excited to share my story with your people today.
0: No, thank you, thank you, Jenna. So, tell me a little bit about I Am because I know mm-hmm. I've seen people rocking the hats and the t-shirts and so on. So, like, how did this start, and also, uh, what was the inspiration behind this?
1: Well, it's kind of a, it was kind of the best accident that I've ever experienced in my life. You know, I think that everything happens for a reason, and and mm-hmm. how my brand came to be was just such a gift. I I started a company about about seven or eight years ago called Mission Possible, and it was outdoor inspirational fitness experiences. So I'd take people into the outdoors and, and take them on these missions. And it was really a really powerful company. It was trademarked, and I, I really wanted to take um, fitness experiences and have that be a, a metaphor for how people get to have their breakthroughs in their life. And so I, I was doing retreats, and, and, I, and I hosted classes weekly all over Santa Monica and, and Los Angeles. Um, it was trademarked successfully for for many years, and then as I started to gain more um, more more success with that brand, I finally got a letter from the lawyers of Paramount, and they they basically sent me a cease and desist letter because they said that it was confusingly similar to Mission Impossible. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so you know it was interesting because at the time I was devastated because I had this whole. Global, massive branding vision. And everything kind of came crashing down. and but but then I decided to turn that into an opportunity. and um, and I decided, you know, like nothing nothing is is going to hold me back because people are not necessarily enrolled in the name of my company, but they're really connected to my to my vision and my passion and and why I do what I do. So I looked at it as a again an opportunity to to reinvent and to rebrand, and I came up with the name I'm on a mission. And so I turned my company into I'm on a mission, and I'm on a mission.com was available, which was so cool. And I and I was doing some rebranding and I wanted to have a really cool design that was unisex, and, and the second that you looked at the logo, you knew exactly what it was. And I was sketching it out, and I was and I the acronym for I'm on a mission is IOAM. And I and I accidentally made the O smaller than the rest of the letters. I was doing like this block letter design, and I looked at it and I was like, "Oh my god, it says I am!" Like it looked like it said I am. And so I'm on a mission, kind of turned into I am. And so it was like the biggest, the biggest and best mistake ever. And so I started putting these on hats and T-shirts and you know bumper stickers. I've shipped them all over the world, um, Australia, UK, all over the United States and and it's just been a really cool thing to watch it grow into i'm now um and i just finished creating a uh, a jewelry line so those are i'm going to have these beautiful necklaces and it's just really cool to see it come to life and and i realized that it's actually the i'm on a mission is is ultimately that that's a phrase it's it's my slogan but it was meant to become that because people really resonate with i am and 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 actually have my clients always get connected to their I am statements like I am powerful, I am beautiful, I am unstoppable, anything that really supports them in in stepping into their authentic selves and so it was such a beautiful, incredible mistake (laughs) and and, and now it's just this really cool logo that everybody can really – connect to align to and, and really utilize to it's kind of like a, a superman cape when when people wear these hats or or the or the necklaces it's just they feel really powerful and and that ultimately was what i wanted to create with the logo anyway and it kind of just evolved into that
0: wow that is crazy i love how that all just kind of came together and it was so unexpected and it has so much impact in the world now so I love that. You know, I know that uh, you coach uh, a number of people just as I do. And uh, I find that a lot of people have have trouble with stepping into their whole, I am, I am this, I am. Like they just, they don't quite know their identity. And what they do is they go out grasping on everybody else's identity. And so with you, what do you feel that really is that um, is holding people back from owning who they really are?
1: I think the biggest thing that stands in people's way of owning their true authentic self is the fear that that just who they are is not enough. A lot of times people feel like their authentic self or their unique story or their, their actual voice is really no different than anyone else. But that's something that I coach a lot of people into is knowing that who they are has always been enough, and will always be enough. And it's when we are searching outside of ourselves to make who we already are better that we feel like we are not. No matter what we do, we will never be enough. And so it's kind of this, um, this endless search or this quest that never seems to be fulfilled. And and it's great to always be quote unquote hungry to always want to crush it or go after whatever it is that we're wanting to achieve or accomplish. And you know the, the saying, "Stay thirsty, my friends." But. But it's it's when we're we're never feeling like no matter what we do, we will never actually be enough. That it just we're never feeling we we never really get to experience gratitude or um or that we are totally perfect the way that we are. So it's a very, it's a very uh, self-fulfilling prophecy that you know we 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 wind up sabotaging ourselves and we get to be right about not being enough. And and so I really coach people into owning who they authentically are, and what that means is who, who we were when we were two, three, four, five years old, when when we didn't understand comparison, when we didn't understand what it meant to um, try to be something that we weren't. And so when we were that age, we had no shame, no fear. We were comfortable walking around naked and we loved our bodies and and we believed that we could do anything. We literally believed that we could until somebody lied to us for the first time or a dad forgot to pick us up from school or whatever those experiences are that we begin to create these stories that um, they're. Ultimately, ego stories that aren't true. So then we start to believe that we, no matter what we do, we cannot fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And so it's, that really is a lot of rewiring that I take my clients through and support them in getting connected to their inner child ultimately.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So what exercise do you get them to jump on first? Is it walking around naked or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that's a good one. I, I, I like that. I may have to work that in. Um, no, but I, I have them, I take them through a series of questions that, um, and it's really interesting, especially with my female clients. I ask them to list their their 10 I am statements, like their 10 truths. And, and it's really tough. In the, in the very beginning of, of the coaching session and they they typically say things like I'm um, stubborn or I'm um, high maintenance or something that isn't necessarily supportive wow. or forwarding mm-hmm. and, and so then I, I don't stop them, I let them go through that whole process and then I have them look at the languaging that they're choosing, and and the um, you know the whatever the words are that they're that they're actually living by, and it's 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 become such a belief for them that you know once we have a habit, once we. Exp- something that has us create these stories once we tell that story long enough then it becomes a habit and, and all of our beliefs are based upon our habits and then of course our actions are based upon that as well so it's it's a lot of rewiring and restructuring we have to break down a lot of walls and a lot of limiting beliefs um, but something that I also notice that um, most of my female clients never do is they never will say I am beautiful it's like the one word that they will never say it's probably the toughest thing for a woman to actually own wow. and so, so I always coach them that part. And and so they wind up having 11 I am statements or 11 I am truths. And, uh, and so it's just like that extra bonus. They really, really get to embody because, you know, especially being a woman in today's society, we have so many, um, like all the ads and, and everything that we're always comparing ourselves up against. A lot of it's not even real. So I really coach them into that too, that knowing that, yes, we are in fact beautiful and that's who we authentically are.
0: Well, I love that you said that. I I believe that that is one of the biggest things. So how do you get people to shift their perspective to actually see themselves as beautiful, especially in the world that we're in now of comparison?
1: Oh my gosh. It, it really is such a, it's a daily practice, Joel. Um, you know, it, it's something that is so awkward and uncomfortable to really embody and embrace and accept and know, but it is, it's something that I take them through every single day. So I have a three month coaching program that I when to work with my clients and the first two to three weeks is spent specifically on owning who they authentically are, acknowledging themselves, starting to practice feeling beautiful and and to be really present to their energy and the way that they navigate throughout their day and paying attention to the exchange they have with somebody and start to pay attention to the effect that their energy actually has on someone because it's very easy to be on autopilot and be programmed on getting our things done and focusing on our to-do list, but I have them to create, I have them begin to create a to-be list because we're human beings, we're not human doings, mm-hmm. and, and and we forget how powerful our beingness actually is, and so especially with most women today who are quote unquote crushing it, handling their things, doing the stuff they got to do, but they forget to actually drop into their feminine energy because that's actually where women's power truly lies is within their feminine grace. So I have them practice being a feminine, graceful, beautiful woman and it's really uncomfortable for women because we, we're programmed to think, well, I can overcome anything and I'm independent, I can do whatever I want. And, and that kind of energy actually pushes men away. So my clients who hire me to support them in manifesting the man of their dreams, like they're so used to going out there and looking for their man and trying to find the guy, but that takes away that beautiful piece of being courted and sought after by a man. I mean, it's, it's biological. So I really support them in, in, in like forgetting about their to-do list and they really, really focus on, on, their, on who they be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I love that you brought that up, too. Like, that is so true. From a male perspective, like, nothing is sexier than a woman that just, like, is, like, comfortable in her own skin. Mm -hmm. That can really own it. And for a man, it's like, wow. Okay, that's powerful. Because she's powerful in her own right. And then a man can be there to keep her safe and to to protect her and so on, right? But a woman that, like, knows that she's got it but also doesn't, like... (laughs) Uh, show up with with too much overpowering in that in that mm-hmm. moment and allows you to be like you know someone that that can be respected and, and safe uh, you know a protector of her I think that's yeah it's that's such a great relationship
1: yeah and it's powerful for a man to feel like he has the space to step in lead the way guide fix things and do do the stuff that guys are programmed to do I mean again it's biological but but women today's woman is is so trained to you know overcome these obstacles and break through the gla- the glass ceilings that that energy is also taken into relationship and that relate that energy does not work in relationships it works in in the in the in the work world no. but it takes away from this whole beautiful dance that is that is so magical and and fun and so i really coach women into receiving and being found by rather than finding the man because that's that's ultimately how you're going to create that beautiful foundation of a relationship that you both get to balance that masculine and feminine energy, so it's it's a mm-hmm. lot it's a lot of rewiring, but um, really powerful work that I take my my clients through. Um, but it's beautiful what what they get to discover about themselves and and also the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know men are hunters naturally. <laughs> That's our instinct Absolutely. is to go out and hunt. So let us hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, That's great! What a great conversation. I know so many people that are tuning in right now, probably reflecting on either their relationship or where they are as a single individual, looking for or allowing others to come in. So it's such a great, uh, great conversation to have. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Now, Jenna, you've had uh, quite a few adversities that you've faced uh, over over the years. I know one of them in particular you really were challenged. Uh, so you could share that with us and how you overcame that challenge. Because I know a lot of people that are listening right now have had some form of a challenge in their life. I know when I, when I coach others, uh, it just blows my mind how much people have really put up with or had to face over the years. It actually makes me feel pretty grateful for my life when I look mm-hmm. at it all. You had a pretty like horrific event. So fill us in on that and then how you uh, overcame that adversity.
1: Yeah, well I have two pretty um, profound experiences, but I'll I'll start with the one when I was when I was younger. Um, I was in a head trauma accident when I was seventeen years old. And at the time I was really really having a tough time in, in school. I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling like my existence was all that important and so I was constantly having this question of why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing and do I even matter, do people even love me and so I kept going through this psychological assessment on a day to day basis really questioning my um, my existence, my value and I remember being very, at the time, very depressed. I had I was really low with energy, and I and I wasn't playing sports anymore. So there was a lot of changes in my life. My parents were going through a divorce. Um, I wasn't playing sports anymore. I wasn't really taking care of myself. I was hanging around the wrong the wrong crowd. So I was smoking weed every day. I was smoking cigarettes every day. I was being really really toxic on so many levels, and I and I wasn't aware of the effect that energy in and energy out really has such um, has such an effect on our bodies. And so I wasn't. I wasn't exercising, and and I know that you know how great you feel when you exercise, and how great you don't feel when you don't exercise. Mm. Um, but it, it was it was such a, a huge impact on my on my ecosystem, on on how I was feeling on the inside that I didn't I didn't understand the connection. I just basically thought I was depressed. So I used to lay in bed every single night, and I wished that I was able to see my funeral. Like I I actually had this fantasy that I could be a witness to my funeral so I could see who would show up and who actually cared about me. And it was a really dark um, time for me, but I I spent a lot of time and energy on, on this fantasy. And then I decided that I actually wasn't ready to die, didn't wanna die. So I started to craft what it would be like in my mind, what it would be like to have some kind of an accident that would be serious enough for me to be in the hospital. And then I would see who would show up to my hospital room. So I spent a lot of energy on that, a lot of time on on that, which was again a very dark experience. But um fast forward a couple months later, I was actually in an accident. I was in a head trauma wow. accident. Huh. And and that's when I that's when I finally understood the power of law of attraction.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yep. No matter
1: no matter what we focus our mind on, no matter where we focus our energy, I mean we actually can manifest it. So if we all really truly understood the power of our thoughts, we would never have another negative thought ever again. So it's easy to forget that it's easy to forget the power of our minds, um, but it was such a great a great wake up call for me because I was um, I was decorating a barn at the the hayloft of a barn because I was going to have a huge party, on on my parents' property, and I was cleaning out the hayloft and I was sweeping and I wasn't paying attention. I was hanging a sheet on the ceiling, and I was walking backwards and I basically ran out of floor and I fell 14 feet on on a concrete. I landed on my head on concrete, mm. and I and I don't remember falling, which grateful for. Um, but I, it was just, I was looking up at the sheet and then black. That's all that I remember after that. And then I woke up in the hospital the next day, which was a total miracle because the doctors were warning, basically setting my parents up for the worst of the worst. And they said, you know, we don't think she's going to wake up anytime soon. So, you know, we just want to prepare you for that. And when she finally does wake up, she will more than likely have long-term long lasting brain damage because there was so much swelling happening in my brain. Uh, but because I woke up the next day, it really supported me in healing a lot more quickly, although I did have brain damage. I lost the majority of my vocabulary. I had no short-term memory. So it was a really tough time for me. I was a, a senior in high school, so I had one semester left. And, and they, I remember they were discouraging me from even attempting to go back to school because I had one semester, and they just thought it was for sure going to be just way too stressful for me. And it, this is when I discovered the power of I Am, Because in this meeting that my doctor was having with my parents, you know they they kept saying you know she's she's not going to be able to graduate on time and I, and I couldn't put my thoughts into words at this specific time but I do remember feeling this this burning sensation in my core thinking yes I am I am going to graduate on time because I I just I the the thought that he was not even giving me the opportunity to prove myself was just this burning sensation that I felt in my body and and I was so clear it was like my conviction was yes I am going to graduate on time and had I believed him had I said you know, you're right, and it's going to be hard, and I'm just not even going to try. That would have been my reality. So it was through this experience that – and I did graduate on time, by the way, So I, and graduated with the highest GPA that I'd ever had because I really applied myself, and, uh, and it was just a really powerful um, challenge for me because I, I really understood what it means to persevere. And I and and that's through that experience, I learned perseverance. I learned that I can overcome anything. Um, the only thing that's ever gonna stand in my way are limiting beliefs and a conversation that I have around myself. So it was through that challenge that I I really learned the power of of I am. And I was also diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was in the ICU. I was only in the ICU for a week, but as they were doing all this tests, all this testing on me, they realized that my blood sugar was actually very escalated. And a symptom, a common symptom of high blood sugar, is feeling low energy, depressed, um, um, dark thoughts. And when I have high blood sugar experiences now, it's it's similar. Like I I can attribute those feelings, those sensations to that. So that's when I know to check my blood sugar and take insulin. But um, but yeah, so I I had to learn how to 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 manage my, my blood sugar and eat well and take care of myself in a way that I never understood before but that's ultimately what got me on on the path of of wellness and um taking care of myself.
0: Wow. Jenna, that is freaking powerful. Like really yeah. really powerful just to hear your story. I feel like that really just anybody that's been through any form of adversity, that would just remind them of how Powerful we can be as human beings when we make a decision. And so in that moment where the doctor was telling you, you know, you're not going to be able to go back and do, you're like, you, failure wasn't an option for you. Yeah, You made a decision in that moment. That's it. No, I must, I must go back and, and make this happen. So well done. Wow. Well,
1: thank you. And you know, through this, through this experience, I realized that I, you know, that my voice does matter and that I do have a powerful story to share with the world. And so I learned through this whole challenge that, Um, you know, I decided, I remember when I was diagnosed with diabetes, the, a separate meeting, a doctor's meeting, he, he said, he was, you know, looking at my eyes and checking, you know, every, every square inch of my body. And he said, you know, yeah, you, you know, you are a type one diabetic. And I remember when he said that, I go, okay, I I don't remember feeling devastated. I remember my mom began crying immediately because her, one of her really good friends died from type one diabetes complications. And and I just remember feeling very calm and at peace when he told me. And I said, "Okay, well, um, how do I how do I get off the insulin shots? Because the idea of taking insulin shots for the rest of my life was just not a, a, a not a thing for me. I was mm-hmm. like, that's, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, and I remember he laughed at me and he said, "Oh, well, there's no cure for diabetes. You're gonna be on insulin for the rest of your life." And I was like, "Well, that's uninspiring." I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna figure it out <laughs> while you continue to regurgitate your information from textbook from sixty years ago. Like, that's cool. So, <laughs> so I've been on this mission ever since to just like figure it." out and, and even if it let's just say you know devil's advocate that it's not possible to to you know get off synthetic insulin but why not try like why not have that intention because if that's my intention every day then then I'm powerfully taking steps towards being my best self being my healthiest self
0: mm. yeah you like this is a, this is the thing like there's there's possibility in so many things and i think there's so many old systems and old paradigms out there and so many people are still living in that mm-hmm. like the possibilities are absolutely endless
1: yeah and and i i was i had a really interesting experience about again the power of my mind because i i did believe I firmly believe that I would be able to heal myself from from diabetes and, and get off of insulin. And I've gone through phases of getting really close and then not being able to sustain it because it's it's a very intense challenge to take on. And I remember I launched a blog about my about my my mission and what I really wanted to create with it. And the day that this blog launched, I mean I got hundreds and hundreds of emails and and I and a lot of them were, you know, congratulations and thank you and you're awesome and you're inspiring and I think 98% of the emails were really positive and encouraging and really great. And then I got like the 2% emails that were from completely fear-based people that were either diabetes educators or they had been diabetic for 30 years. They were on the pump and it was their identity. So it was all they knew. So the fact that someone was trying to challenge their identity or challenge their profession was really scary for them. And and so they they sent me like these hater emails. And I remember focusing my energy on these specific emails rather than just kind of brushing them off and just checking in and going like, cool, like I get the human condition that they are fully just fearful of what else could be because they would have them, it would have them be wrong about what they've completely validated themselves to be for as long as they have been. Um, And I, without changing my exercise, my, my dosage, my, my food, anything, I remember slowly but surely I had to start taking more insulin because this little tiny belief in the back of my head was like, maybe it's not possible. Like maybe it's not possible mm. to get off synthetic insulin. So the power of our thoughts, I mean, it's, it's just limitless. There's, there's nothing that we can escape. So we sometimes think that if we have these thoughts but we don't speak it out loud, that it's not going to happen. We you know, we, especially those of us who really truly understand the power of, of a law of attraction. We go, like, if it just, you know, if I just think about it, I don't speak it into existence, then it won't happen. But our thoughts are just as powerful as our words. They're just as powerful as our actions. So, I'm always coaching my clients into being really clear about the thought process they're going to allow themselves to entertain because that's going to govern their entire experience, their entire identity.
0: Yeah. And how do we become more conscious of that? Like, do we start a journal? Do we, like, what would you recommend when it comes to (laughs) focusing on the thoughts that you are?
1: It's, di- it's different for everyone that I coach because some yeah. people, um, they, they, just, they need different tools to kind of catch themselves and bring them out of the habit. So sometimes I'll have somebody where, um, depending on what they're trying to break through, like I'll have them get connected to a specific color that is, is powerful for them. So I'll have one of my clients, she wears a pink rubber band around her wrist. And every single time she has a negative thought process, she, she pulls the rubber band. It kind of hits her wrist. So it's like this, this instant hit where she goes, ah, okay. I don't need to have that thought. It's just a reminder that I'm I'm more powerful than my thoughts, and I can govern my thoughts. And sometimes I'll have people just carry a journal around with them, and they'll they'll write out their thoughts if they have that negative downward spiral, because one negative thought begets another negative thought, begets another negative thought. So when we when we catch ourselves to to begin down that journey to be able to pull ourselves up and out of it is. I'll either have them write themselves a love letter, so it's an instant tool where they can turn their focus into a positive direction, where they completely acknowledge who they are, they they speak into their greatness, the essence of who they be, and and really start to put powerful languaging around around themselves, and so whether it's wearing a a colorful rubber band or writing themselves a love letter or calling someone immediately and speaking out whatever it is that's holding them back, whatever negative thought pattern they find themselves in, they can speak it out loud and then kind of joke about it. It and you want to hear this silly, crazy thing, this lie that I'm making up about myself right now, and then they laugh about it and they start talking about a much better feeling story. So, there it depends on the client ultimately because everybody has it has a different, um, a different tool that that makes sense for them, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's like the rewiring is, is typically around like a physical experience. So, whether they're handwriting something out or they're you know using the rubber band or they're making an actual phone call, but it's really tough to kind of to, to work on that from the inside out so it's really um it really has to be like a something you can connect to outside of you
0: yeah wow great advice and I think also the body is the unconscious mind mm-hmm. and so you know there's there's a lot that's lying in our unconscious and I mean our ha- it's the habit mind that's where the habits come from so I love that you're you outlined that that's you know where the connection is made and that's how it's most effective so we you've already shared a ton of awesome exercises, Jenna. So thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I know that you bring up the, the word, uh, unicorn a lot. So what does, <laughs> what does a unicorn mean to you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. yeah, I, i've I've always felt um, when I was younger, I felt very different. i I didn't feel accepted by by the majority of the people that were. Um, I, I was a new kid a couple times. I moved around when I was younger. And the first school that I moved to when I was in middle school, which was I was in like sixth grade, i um I had a really tough time integrating. I, I wasn't received very well. I had a few friends, but, um, there were a couple girls who were just really mean, like horrible, horrible, told told lies about me and and said said horrible things to my face. And it was a really interesting experience for me because I've always just been a really kind, um, gentle, loving person. And so I never really understood why anyone would be that way to me. and 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 so it was a really, again, a really challenging time for me. And so, the throughout this whole experience, I kept making up these stories that were in alignment with the way that I was being treated, that I wasn't cool enough, I I wasn't funny, I wasn't pretty, I wasn't – I mean, the list was going on and on and on. And so I really started to have these beliefs. I mean, it was – the more I told the story, the more it became a habit and then my belief and then my actions. And so it really – it was just a really tough time for me. And then I moved again to um, Carmel High. And, uh, and that was also another tough transition for me. I just, I I never really felt welcomed and, and I just really believed that I just wasn't cool or I wasn't likable or lovable or whatever the story was. And it, it took a lot of transformational work and personal development that actually had me finally realize that a lot of people like the masses are afraid of what is not like them. So it's anything that's different and anything that's unique or um, goes against the grain or or isn't just like everything or everyone else is sometimes feared. And and I realized like wow, what if what if the actual story was this that I'm so freaking awesome <laughs> that <laughs> that they just didn't know how to accept that or they or they just it was so I was so different, I was so unique. That they just didn't know how to to like kind of accumulate that my my ways of being or or my shining light or my brilliance or my my fairy dust or whatever it was, you know that what if I'd been telling that story my whole life and so that's something that I really coach people into is knowing that we are all so unique. We're all so different. And, and I've really gotten to the point where I now can celebrate myself for being so unique and different and magical and amazing that I, I embody what it really truly means to be a unicorn that it's, you know, unicorns are rare. They're, they're unique. They're, they're one of a kind. And so I really coach a lot of my, my clients into owning their inner unicorn, because if we start to believe that we are free, so freaking awesome that some people just can't handle it, then we start to feel a lot better about ourselves mm-hmm. rather than nobody mm-hmm. likes me. <laughs> you know, it's, a very, <laughs> it's a very different story. Uh, yeah. So I realized, you know, finally, um, it was actually the beginning of my um, my journey with, with transformation and personal development. I began this journey about five years ago and it really supported me in escalating the kind of coaching that I do with my clients. Um, you know, about five years ago, I realized finally that, it, it really just comes down to the fact that I'm just so awesome that they just couldn't handle it <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> it's a way better feeling story. So, um, so I really began to embrace myself. And and when we embrace ourselves and we embrace our flaws and we accept all that we are, even our shadow, even our darkness, even our our stuff that we quote unquote hate sometimes. Like if we really were actually to be in relationship with our shadow, and not be so angry at our ego because our ego has us believe things that'll keep us small or step back or not leap into our fears. But if we actually love our ego and go, ah, oh, okay, ego, I know that you just want to protect me. I know that you want to keep me safe and you don't want me to fall down and scrape my knees and, and you don't want my feelings to get hurt and you don't want my heart to get broken again by jumping into another relationship. Like I get that. You just want to keep me safe. If we can have a beautiful relationship with our ego in that way and feel appreciation and gratitude for our ego, then we won't be so resistant to it. And, and then we won't feel like we've got this black cloud following us around. But really learning how to dance with our ego and just know that we're always going to have it be a part of us because we can't escape our shadow. Our ego is always going to be with us. So, mm. learning how to be in relationship with that supports us in, in really truly celebrating every angle of who we are.
0: Yeah, what a great uh, view on the ego. I love that you uh, you shared that. You know, what's interesting, uh, it would have been probably three, three and a half years ago, uh, I was with my my ex-partner at the time, and she would often say to me, like, you've got to go out, you've got to, you know, hang out with your friends and make friends with these people, and and I wasn't making any effort when it came to friends, mm-hmm. and I said to her, I'm like, you know what, I don't really feel like I connect anymore with that group, because I was growing so rapidly, okay. personally, And, but there was this part of me that where I just knew, like, I'm going to find like my tribe, I'm going to find those people, but I need to get clear on what it is that I bring to the world first. And, um, there'll be people there. And so that was, that's really cool. I know that you have, let's call it like your unicorn tribe or Mm -hmm. (laughs) tribe of unicorns. I know, you know, like Alexi Panos and, um, like Ruby from on and like so many other people that you hang out with now, are just amazing individuals. And so they come when you are ready. You know, they come when you're at the level that you need to be at and you can all help each other. So if you're listening right now and you feel the same as Jenna, just have patience.
1: <laughs> yeah, your yeah. tribe your tribe is waiting for you and or you will find your tribe. It just mm-hmm. really ultimately comes down to, um, you know, when, when you're a leader, you're not meant to blend in with the masses. That's just it, you know? And so, so I I know that I know Joel, you and I have a lot of the same friends. We, we have a really amazing, incredible group of human beings that, you know, we're all leaders. We're all doing something to, to make a a, a really powerful change in this world. And, and I think that we all at one point or another have felt like we don't fit in in our life, but that's just because we've never really meant to fit in.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yep. We're going to shake things up. We can't be the same (laughs) if we want it to be different. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So Jenna, real quick, just fill us in on uh, on the Ascension Leadership Academy because I know you and your husband uh, Brad started this. Is it out in San Diego? You're you're in La Jolla, yeah. aren't you? Right?
1: We we're in La Jolla, and um, our academy is an incredible place to really step into, um, your power and really reclaim your authentic self, your confidence, your mission, your vision, um, your leadership. And so we offer a series of workshops and trainings and curriculum that support people in discovering what has been holding them back within every area of their life, relationship, um, business, uh, you know, abundance, and, and whatever their ultimate mission or purpose is in life. And they, they get to discover that, break through it, confront their ego, get honest, direct, intense feedback, and then also give it, have that breakthrough in learning how to give that kind of feedback. And uh, it's just a really powerful experience because the students who come in, they walk in one version and they, they leave another completely different version. And it's just really beautiful to watch. I mean, over the course of our um, our first our first workshop, which is three days, that's our discovery workshop. I mean, people's faces change, like the tension in their face, like the muscular structure in their faces <laughs> almost change over the course wow. of three days. Yeah. I mean, people look like they lose ten years. You know, like they just they get younger. It's just so beautiful, and they rediscover what it means to be compassionate. Um, forgiveness isn't is is like now a new way of of being for a lot of people. Um, they let go of resentment, fear, anger, shame, guilt, like a lot of things that hold people back they're like these anchors that keep people from really truly stepping into their authentic self and then our 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 next workshop is four days and that's the transformation and breakthrough workshop and that's where people um, experience having an ego death where their ego gets so confronted and so challenged i mean it, it it's it's quite possibly one of the most uncomfortable experiences ever but then what's on the other side of that is a level of freedom that most people have never, ever encountered, tasted, experienced, or seen before. So it's a really beautiful dichotomy of confronting the ego and then basically reclaiming your your confidence, your authentic self, your beauty, your innocence, your freedom. So it's just, I mean, the work that we're doing is just it's so powerful. And, you know, we were students of this work about five years ago, and we became so passionate about it that two of the top leaders in the world of this work have mentored us, um, completely guided us and supported us in opening up our own center. And now they're the facilitators of the work and um, and we're the, we're the coaches of, of the entire process from beginning to end. And then the third part is three months of coaching. So they learn everything in level one, level two, and then they apply it into their life on a regular basis and start to begin these new habits and these new belief systems over the course of three months. So it's, just, it's transformational. It's beautiful. Um, families are healed. Relationships are healed. Confidence is reclaimed people get to work through anything that's that they've ever experienced in their entire life and, and start to tell a different story you know I, I could have talked about um, you know I haven't mentioned my sexual abuse but I was sexually abused a few years ago and and from that experience I learned how to have a powerful conversation around it rather than being the victim of, of the man who did what he did to me I realized through that whole experience um, a, a level of compassion that I didn't even know was possible because I realized that that man, for him to even have the thought to do what he did to me, something horrible must have happened to him in his life. Mm-hmm. So when I learned to forgive him, then I experienced compassion, I experienced freedom, I experienced freedom through my forgiveness, and it had me drop into a new level of vulnerability and authenticity in a way that I didn't know I even had access to. So so it's through this work that I've, I've really been able to basically rewrite my history, by telling a different story and, and changing my perspective on everything I've experienced in my life and supporting people and breaking through whatever limits them in their life.
0: Wow. That is wonderful. That's really kick-ass Jenna. I love that. Yeah. You know, I I know a number of people that have gone to your workshops and I've seen you guys packed out the Mm -hmm. last one. Uh, so if you're listening now and you're in California or you would love to head to California, make sure you check out, uh, Jenna and Brad's Ascension Leadership Academy uh, workshop. Definitely check it out. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, no problems. So Jenna, how can we get in touch with you? How can we reach out to you? Where are you online? Share some links.
1: Yeah, I've got quite a few links. I'm super easy to find because I'm the only Jenna Phillips Ballard in the entire world. (laughs) So if you enter Jenna Phillips Ballard in Google, you can find my website. Um, you can also find me on um, on Facebook that way, pretty easy. And then also on Instagram, same thing. My Twitter is JennaPhillipsB, because Jenna Phillips was way too long for that handle. Mm, yep. um, but it's pretty easy to find me. And, and I would love to hear from you guys. If there's something that you're currently going through, navigating through, would love to have support in, please reach out to me. I would love to connect with you. And um, you can also check out our Ascension Leadership Academy by going to that full name.com or for short you can go to alasandiego.com it's a much shorter website so i like to make things easier for people
0: <laughs> <laughs> great idea awesome jenna thank you so much for joining us today i appreciate all your words of wisdom and uh for sharing your story too you've just you've moved through life so gracefully uh, even though you've been challenged with a number of curveballs so um yeah it's that's super inspiring Thank you.
1: oh thanks thanks for having me Joel it's been an absolute delight to connect with you and, and your and your followers
0: anytime anytime so Jenna we always end uh, every interview with this last question and the question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like
1: no matter what you have coming up against you just know that you can get over it. You can go over it, through it, around it, underneath it. No matter what it is, there's nothing in this universe more powerful than you. There's nothing in this universe that can stop you except for that tiny little head conversation you have within yourself. So choose powerful languaging, choose a powerful perspective, love yourself, love all that is you, and just know that you are enough, you've always been more than enough, and you will always be more than enough, and I love you.